coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. But we have to stay in this mindset just a little bit longer. I mean, we really do. We're almost to the finish line of getting this virus under control. So instead of Christmas as usual, we're talking adaptive and flexible. These are going to be our keys this year. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. And welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're glad you've joined us. Merry Christmas, Dr. Linda. Same to you. Merry, Merry Christmas. That's right. And to you at home or in your car or wherever you may be. Podcast on our podcast Podcast. listening. That's right. (laughs) This Christmas will go down in history as being one of the most unique ever. So let's just start with acknowledging that right now. This Christmas is not going to be like anything else. No, and unique is a good word for it. I don't know if that's the best word, but it's so true. We're all going to need what we're going to call this year psychological flexibility. Mm, Do you like that term? I like psychological gymnastics more. (laughs) Well, that's kind of the same idea here, that we're going to have to really be flexible in the way that we handle Christmas during the pandemic. It does sound like something that we've been doing for most of the year. We've all heard the terms flexible, fluid, that type of thing for more than 10 months now. We said at work, we said, if we hear the term, we have to be fluid one Mm, more time. I don't know. It's just the terms that we have to keep saying, but we have to stay in this mindset just a little bit longer. I mean, we really do. We're almost to the finish line of getting this virus under control. So instead of Christmas as usual, we're talking adaptive and flexible. These are going to be our keys this year. You know, if you have elderly parents, someone who is immunocompromised, someone with heart or lung disease, diabetes, obesity, you really do need to think about the risk of Christmas as usual. So dinner tables could be smaller as a result of that. Can I just admit that that's really disappointing? Mm, it but, is, right. But I understand it. I understand it. And sometimes we have to do things we don't always like to do, but we can still have a meaningful celebration. And I was thinking every year we do a show on holiday stress and we discuss how important it is to take care of our, ourselves. But this year, a focus on wellness seems even more important. I couldn't agree more about that. We have to engage in wellness because we're not as busy as we were. So we have time. Mm, we have time right. to really think about it this year. Maybe you want to take an hour during the the busyness of getting your family ready to just decompress. Make sure you're exercising during this time. Make sure you're spending quiet time with the Lord. Focus your mind on what you have, what you're grateful for. And if you keep your mind and your body and your spirit calm and you feel somewhat centered in the Lord, that's going to go a long way this year to just keep stress to a minimum. Mm. And, you know, one unique stress this year is getting everyone in the family to agree on the, the these new precautions and boundaries that we've been dealing with. Not everyone is going to agree with what is safe and what is not. Uh, you know, simple things like hugging and wearing masks and, and spending time with friends are going to be a discussion points for sure. And these decisions are just in and of themselves stressful for families. To that point, Chris, I found this interesting quote from a man who lives in the Northeast. 
I hope to celebrate by only doing the typical holiday things with the people I live with. I'm afraid that family pressure and parents and extended families desire to make it all normal will cause my family to guilt me into the holiday activities mm. that will lead people to dropping their guard. I really want my family to acknowledge that we cannot do normal holiday stuff this year. That is tough, and uh, he's not alone. No, and this has the potential to create a lot of family conflict. Each family really needs to establish what their guidelines and their boundaries are going to be this year, and hopefully we won't have to do this again next year. I mean, that's what we're all hoping, right? I would encourage every family who's listening to be really proactive in terms of what you will and will not do. And making your decisions need to be based on the risk factors and the level of comfort you have. Now, look, Chris, I teach in a medical school, and I'm around physicians and hospitals all the time. I do believe the concerns are real. I hear about the ICU and the rise in cases. I don't say that to scare people, but we just have to be sensible a little while longer. We have been told to try and do Christmas meals outside. Mm. Now, do you really think that's a solution for most of our listeners? Probably not. I mean, minus 10. (laughs) We're going to set up a tent. Hey, look, look, you have to adjust, you know. If you have to eat Christmas dinner when it's minus 15 outside. (laughs) Be frozen. I mean, it's just too cold. I don't know. I guess that means we we have to figure out what Mm. to do to be indoors and be safe. So talk it out with your family before, before, before you gather Mm. so you can address everyone's feelings and you can work through those differences. Calculate the risks and let's just not have a lot of conflict during the celebration time. I think a big problem would be arriving at the the family location and then all of a sudden realizing here are the rules. Right. Different expectations. Right. It should be discussed long before you pull into the driveway and say, hey, wait, what? Yeah, exactly. The Kaiser Family Foundation did a survey in October and they found that two-thirds of the public are worried that their families will get sick from the virus over the holidays. So right to your point that we have to talk about this ahead of time. And there is a certain amount of risk when you get together with your family, especially if you have people like we do who are essential workers. They're going Mm. to be exposed and you have to be thinking about what am I willing to do? What am I not willing to do? The point of all this conversation is to be in agreement. Be smart. Pray for protection and then decide and then don't keep worrying about it. Look, we can all be upset by these restrictions or we can just embrace what we need to do and be creative. Hopefully, again, I'll say it again, hopefully this will be a one-time Christmas COVID season. So let's not get depressed about it. Let's use that psychological flexibility to tell ourselves, hey, we're making progress. It won't be like this forever. And what we do today affects tomorrow. And We all want to be able to get together next year in our more traditional ways. I think when the adults in the home have a positive mindset, it helps with the way the children perceive things as well. It absolutely does. And I'm glad you brought that up because kids can really sense if you're upset, if you're worried, if you're angry and you're not handling things well. It's going to spill over Mm. to them. They might not exactly know why you're upset, but they can sense it. So approach this holiday with the confidence that you really do have a plan. It'll be like an adventure. Maybe mm-hmm. think about it like that with kids. It's, a, it's an adventure this year. It's going to be very different. And then think about how we can keep our usual traditions, but maybe just do them a little bit differently this year. We do have to be, well, flexible. And that's sort of the, the point of today's show. You psychologically have flexible. Psychologically flexible, yes. <laughs> that's right. Well, Dr. Linda, before we go to the break, let's sum up how we can bring our families together 
uh, this Christmas. Here's one idea. Don't assume that everyone's going to be on the same page in terms of behaving the same way and adhering to the same norms. We have this in our family as well. There are different thoughts on how this thing should be handled. I know. I asked my son if he would take a, a COVID test, and he said mm-hmm. no. So yeah. he didn't want to do it. <laughs> He'd had one. It was painful. He right, didn't want yeah. to do it again. And it really is a question of timing, and then it, would he be exposed after he took the test? It's, it's complicated. So you're right. Get everybody to give their opinion. Talk it out. Talk explicitly about what you will and will not do. You have to come to a consensus before people meet. One word that you've used several times already in discussing this is the word expectations. Don't you think we could almost do a show on that? I know. That's a big thing when it comes to you know, dealing with family dynamics and that type of thing. It has to do with our values. Is it important to get together? Yes, it's important to get together. But then what are the risks on this? I would really encourage anyone who's listening to be empathetic to your loved ones if they have a different perspective. You know, try to think about why they're thinking the way they are, feeling the way they are, and let's just be respectful and offer some grace this year. It's important to remember, too, that a consensus doesn't mean that you necessarily 100% agree uh, with everything. It means that you're able to reach an agreement that everyone can live with and move forward. And really, I hate to put it this way, but just to get through the the family gatherings. So wouldn't it be great if we could have these conversations ahead of time, Mm -hmm. everybody agree on what the rules are, what the expectations are, and then everybody can relax and we can just celebrate. This may be an interesting uh, experiment for lots of families. They may learn that, hey, you know what? (laughs) We can talk about issues and make it work. Yeah, it could actually help your family communication and working on conflict. So that would be good. Yes, that is great advice that uh, should lead to more peaceful and merry Christmas. And when we return, it may be a unique year, but the Christmas message stays the same. We have a quiz to test your knowledge about Christmas traditions. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor. And can I just say that some relationships can be really stressed during the holiday season? You know, it's not too early to think and pray about what you want the holidays to look like this year. Here are a few quick points to ponder. Set a budget. You do yourself a great service when you decide in advance how much you'll spend and how. Discuss your plans with friends and family. If you wait too long, you may find yourself overcommitted or someone's feelings are hurt because you don't show up where you're expected. Talking about it now takes away a lot of the tension that can come up later. And focus on why we celebrate. Try being thankful for the whole month of November and begin now to acknowledge the significance of Jesus' birth in your life. You don't want to wait until December 25th to celebrate Him. With a little planning and a lot of prayer, you can enjoy the holidays instead of stressing through the season. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today we are talking about A Christmas to Remember. And we've got a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you will find her blogs, books, and you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media. Her latest book, co-authored with physician James Cribbs, is Living Beyond Pain, a book to help anyone deal with chronic pain. And Dr. Linda, do in-laws, are they included in chronic pain? <laughs> no, that was this, not one of our... Oh, this being the holiday season. Our topics, <laughs> right. But I know where you're going with That's that. Right. And uh, be, sure, be sure to listen to this program on iTunes anytime. But Dr. Linda, the good news is that despite a pandemic, Christmas itself 
is not canceled. Yay! And we are less than a week away, and I'm guessing that you have already decorated and are ready for Christmas. You seem like as soon as Thanksgiving is over, the Christmas decorations go up. You got it. Right after the day, I'm making Norm trek down to the tree farm and get the tree from mm-hmm. us. We want to we get going early on this. I think you uh, answered the question there, but are you and Dr. Norm still fighting over Real tree versus fake tree? <laughs> yes, we we are fighting, but this year we did not. This year we just went and got a real tree. All right. Cool. So it wasn't a big deal this year. Guess who gave in? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, what's the favorite tradition in the Weigel House for the Christmas holiday? Actually, I think going and getting the tree is one of our, our more memorable traditions. Uh, something we look forward to every year, whether we actually cut one down somewhere or to go to a farm and grab one. So if you just went down to your basement and got it, would that be real fun? No. See, there's the, so Norm is yelling things from the control room because he likes the fake right. tree. We're or, we're still arguing about it, I guess. Well, two years ago, it almost cost me my life because we uh, went and got the tree. And, and while I was carrying the tree, I felt this little prick on my hand. Turns out it was a spider bite. Oh, gosh. And it was a uh, very poison. It's one of those ones oh. that eats your skin. It was really pretty nasty. Because you cut it down, the tree, or no, you were it, in a farm? You just got it from a lot like just, that? Yeah, just grabbed the thing. Oh, my but goodness. The spider was living, and it, it left a nasty place. Well, don't say that loudly, because that will be a reason why Norm won't want me to get right, a yeah. real tree. Well, let's move on from that topic, because that spider bite was that was awful. Uh, but there are traditions that we can continue that don't necessarily mean, you know, that aren't just going out and cutting down trees. Let's start with baking cookies. So, you know, speaking of cookies, maybe we have to cut the recipes in half this year since we aren't doing exchanges and we have fewer people gathering. Mm-hmm. Think about what are you going to do with all those cookies once you bake them? Oh, well, hey, there we could eat them. But you could freeze them, but, right. I mean, I don't know. We need to cut them back this right. year. Well, here's a little Christmas trivia about the cookies, Dr. Linda, and this is a warm-up uh, for me to test your knowledge about Christmas oh, traditions. <laughs> so here we go, true or false. The tradition of the Christmas cookie can be traced to medieval European recipes. Um, I'm going to guess true on that one. That is correct. You know why I said that? Because you're German. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing that it came from there, we, and we bake a lot of cookies. During the 1500s, the Christmas cookie was popular all over Europe. Then the Dutch and the Germans... See? The Germans. Right. Mm-hmm. They brought it to the shores of America in the 1600s. Well, I'm not surprised because my relatives are German and they can bake up a storm. Mm. Well, they need to. They could send me a few dozen cookies if they'd like. <laughs> well, that was just a warm-up, Dr. Linda. Are you ready for the Christmas quiz? I'm ready. Okay, let's see how you do. Let's cue the music. All right. And here we go. Which traditional Christmas song was actually written for Thanksgiving? Okay, I do know this one mm-hmm. because I remember seeing some type of a video or something on it because it was people on a sleigh mm-hmm. going somewhere, but it was for Thanksgiving. So I'm going to say Jingle Bells. That is correct. Ha! One point for Dr. All right, Linda. good, good, good. Question number two. The modern tradition of the Christmas tree is widely believed to have developed in what country? All right, Otanabam. So I'm going to guess that that is uh, German because of the German tree song. That is correct. All right. (laughs) That's two points for Dr. Linda. Who are you playing? Because they have zero points. (laughs) (laughs) Question number three. Many historians consider Santa to be based on which historical figure? Okay, this one's easy. So I'm going to guess St. Nick, right? St. Nick, of course, yes. But did you know, Chris, did you know what ethnic origin he was? Of course. He was Greek. You didn't know that. You did not. I I would have thought you would have guessed German. It's on the notes. (laughs) It's true. He was a Greek bishop. I did not know that. I know, right? You learn something new. This is question number four, and we will bring in our producer, Dr. Norm Mitchell, who is very fluent in speaking Spanish. Okay. 
Which Latin American country uses the same word for Christmas as Easter? They all do. They all do? What? It's a trick question. Ah, The word is Pascua. They say Felices Pascuas, which means happy Easter or happy Christmas. No kidding. Give us a Christmas in Spanish. Give us a little Christmas greeting. Feliz Navidad. <laughs> <laughs> we can all do that. Can you say anything to our Spanish listeners? Sí. Feliz Navidad. Ah. Oh, Felices Pascuas. How's I mean, that? I just, we don't want to go too long. We don't have subtitles in radio. That's right. That's that's right. right. They, they, but they mean the same thing, apparently. They so. do. Okay. I did well, not know that. Did you know that? Did not know that. I didn't no. either. Well, that's one point for Dr. Linda. That's one point for Dr. Norm. Ah, he is. He's just joined the he contest. He gets the point. Right. Okay. <laughs> Question number five. Where is December 25th a national holiday, but not because it's Christmas? Okay, Norm, we have to think about this. It's wait, a, now, wait, it's now, a, Dr. Norm's playing on the same I'm getting him Am I to, helping her you're, now? You're helping me yeah. now. Okay, somewhere in the world where it would not be Christmas, so it wouldn't have anything to do. So it's going to be a religion that isn't a Christian religion. Okay, so, so let's Hindu, go Asia. Buddhist. Let's go Asia. Uh, something else. I go don't, big. I don't know China. the answer. That is China. correct. Oh. It is China. Yay. Originally, it was referred to as Confucius's birthday. Oh. But today, it just means uh, it's going to. we're going to go shopping oh. in China. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Question number six. From what? What country does the poinsettia or poinsettia, uh, the traditional red flower, come from? This one is easy. Okay. My mother always said poinsettia. Poinsettia. You know, you have to say poinsettia. Why did she say that? Well, I don't know because the Spanish (laughs) pronunciation. Because the flower comes from Mexico. Ah, that's Ah, correct. Okay, so so what is it known as? Well, there it's known as la flor de nochebuena, the Ah. flower of the good night or holy night. And it was brought over to America. From Mexico, right? By somebody named Joel Poinsett? Yeah, you know, who knows? Is that I really mean, true? I, that, that could be legend. Hey, you two, I'm the host of the <laughs> show oh, here. Jesus. <laughs> all right, all right. I have well, this information. Well, listen, no, no. The, the truth, <laughs> there was a legend, there was an legend that an, a young Mexican boy on his way to visit the village nativity scene mm-hmm. realized he had no gift for the Christ child. And he gathered pretty green branches from along the road and brought them to the church. And then other children saw him, mocked him, and when the leaves were laid at the manger, a beautiful star-shaped flower appeared on each branch. This is the legend. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the bright red petals, often mistaken for the flowers, are actually the upper leaves of the plant. Neat story, yeah. It's a little Well, legend. we know that because when you buy a poinsettia or setia, yeah. they, they get old and cranky by January and the leaves <laughs> fall off. Yeah, they do fall off. Right. right. Okay. Question number seven. Where did the tradition of giving gifts begin? Oh, so simple. In the Bible, the people who brought gifts. No, God gave the gift of Jesus. Okay, but the wise men also <laughs> brought gifts. Okay. Okay, two points for Dr. Linda on that one. Oh, so. I should have gotten the point. Okay, Dr. Norm gets one point. Dr. Linda gets the next point. Okay. Actually, we didn't keep score. You kind of did. <laughs> sort of a little bit, yeah. But I think with Dr. Norm's help, you did just fine, Dr. Linda. Uh, So when we come back, just a reminder of the most important part of Christmas that is unaffected by the pandemic. Some days I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. 
David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest is Living Beyond Pain, the book to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you'll find the book, Living Beyond Pain, and you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media. And don't forget about the podcast on iTunes. You can take this program with you anywhere. Okay, Dr. Linda, back to Christmas. Believe it or not, it's not canceled. Yay! And we are keeping our psychological flexibility this year, and that happens to be the topic of today's program. Let's not forget, Chris, how many people will have empty places at their tables uh, this year. We need to really pray for the people who have lost loved ones during the pandemic, and they're going to spend their holiday alone or without a parent or a grandparent. My colleague is a physician, and she's had a number of patients that are not really old in their 60s, and they both lost their spouses. She had two that both lost their spouses this year to COVID. So let's remember to pray for those families and reach out to them. That is a good reminder because not all of us know someone who Mm -hmm. died during this pandemic, yet the numbers are staggering. Mm -hmm. And as people of faith, we need to pray for these people experiencing grief and loss. Now, getting back to our Christmas traditions, there are a few more that have a more religious significance to them. Uh, You see holly as a decoration, for example. What is the significance of that? Uh, You know, Chris, we decorate with holly, and it has sharp edges, symbolic of the crown of thorns worn by Jesus at his crucifixion. The red berries represent blood, and while that's not exactly a Christmas theme, it reminds us of the centerpiece of Christmas, which is Christ. Mm. And what about the nativity scenes that we see? How did that get started? This came from the Italians who immigrated to America because of poverty and social unrest in the 17 to the 1800s. St. Francis of Assisi actually commissioned a nativity scene to be built and displayed in front of the Catholic cathedral in Italy where he was priest. We've actually been there. We actually mm. went to see those places when we were in Italy. And during the, that Christmas holiday, this scene was to represent the birth of Christ throughout the season and for several days afterwards. And today, it would actually take more than a week and over an hour each to visit and to tour all the nativity scenes in Naples and Rome alone. Wow, that's a lot of uh, yeah, nativity scenes. That's right. What's interesting is um, I've been to the Church of Nativity in Bethlehem, and Chances are Jesus was born in, in a cave-like rock outcropping on the ground, and that's, that's how the church is built over that area. It's funny when we see this barn-like, mm-hmm. you know, wooden thing built, but I guess that's easier than building a, a rock cave. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Get it more authentic. Uh, right. It would take a little bit more work, right? You know, despite all the changes, there is one tradition that is easy to keep in place, and that's the reading of the Christmas story. 
over the years, Chris. We've read it. We've seen it acted out. My daughter was Mary one year, and one year my son was an angel that gave glory to God. But this story is the most important of all. It reminds us that Jesus, in all his glory, gave up everything to come to earth in the form of a man being born to Mary. It's the heart of Christmas. It's the true meaning. So get ready to read it sometime during your celebration. You may even want your family to act it out or maybe read different parts. It's all about God showing his love for us by sending his son to be born in a manger. His birth brought great joy to the world. Shepherds, wise men, and all the angels shared in the excitement of knowing about this great event. They knew this was no ordinary baby. And this is what solidifies it all for me. The prophets had told of this hundreds of years before it happened, and the the detail is amazing. The star stopped over Bethlehem just to mark the way for those who were looking for this special baby. Jesus was born so one day the price could actually be paid for us for the things we have done that are wrong. It was God's greatest gift to us. As you get ready to celebrate this joyful day, just remember the greatest gift ever and rejoice. This gift has not been impacted by the pandemic. It's not unique to this year, but it lasts for all the years to come. And this gift continues to give and give right into eternity. It is the gift of eternal life spent with God. That gift is still available, free, and it will change your life forever. And as we remain vigilant fighting this virus, remember, no dream destination can match this prize. No new car, no gadget, or money can bring such comfort and joy. So as we celebrate the Christmas holiday, we pray that you have received the gift of God's Son. If you haven't, there's no better time to bow your head and ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. Then find a church, even if it's online, and let them help you live out the Christian faith. Your life will be changed forever in such a good way. And best of all, you have the hope of one day seeing Jesus and those who love him as well. Well, our faith rolls on, pandemic or not. Jesus is why we celebrate Christmas. Because of Christ, we can be at peace, we can celebrate his coming, and we can have great joy. That's right, and we hope the lights that you see this season remind you of the light of the world who was given to us on a dark night. Light shines brightest in darkness. Mm. That's the heart of the Christmas story, an overriding message of hope that is articulated beautifully in the lyrics of A Holy Night. O holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. You know, God didn't come into our world at high noon. He entered our lives in darkness, showing us the way to light, guiding us towards love, and demonstrating how to overcome shadows and darkness. Christmas teaches us that even when things seem dark, we can trust the everlasting life. Well, Merry Christmas, everyone. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to our producer, Normintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone.
Thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.